So I want to talk to you today with the help of the Lord on the word prayer. I didn't know what else to title it, and uh, titles sometimes can be catchy. But uh, <clears throat> I'm going to talk to you today about prayer. And uh, uh, prayer is just talking to God. That's all it is. It's talking to God on a regular basis. I believe that prayer ought to be something that we do. I'll read to you a scripture, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. Jesus gives us the uh, example of a prayer. It's not the prayer we should be praying, because this is his example of prayer. But he said, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Lord, bless us in Jesus' name. Help me, dear Lord, to do your will. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. The word synagogues here is different than the word temple. It doesn't say we're to come not to come to the church and pray. It says we're to come not to come to the synagogues. The synagogues were around, uh, was around the temple, but it was around where the marketplace was and the courts was. It's where everybody, where the heaviest population was. And so, praise the Lord, that's where they prayed. Someone says, you know, uh, Brother White, I want to worship the Lord. I want to praise God. I want to Uh, Praise him, but I don't want it to be a show. Well, it's a condition of the heart. It's what it is. Amen. And if you're praising God and you're loving him and you don't care what anybody thinks or what anybody says, then uh, it it is a good thing. But if you're doing it for show, if you're doing it, amen, to uh, uh, put on some kind of act, then that is not a good thing. And it's the same thing with prayer. Uh, if you're in a play, if you're in a in a, uh, uh, a hospital, and you desperately need to pray, and you let out with prayer, uh, then, Amen. You you do that. But if you're in a hospital and you want to show off your prayer, then and you go to pray so everybody can see you. That's what Jesus is talking about here, Amen. The Bible said, for that prayer, they have their reward. Now, I was thinking about this, amen. We are children of the Lord. We are his people. Everything that I have, everything that I do is his. I'm his servant. And so when I pray and I pray for him, amen, then he gets the reward. When I believe that it has to do with myself and that I'm to receive the reward, Amen. And I pray and I want the reward, then that reward is mine. I've received that reward already. We need to do things for God and we need to give them to God. Say, here, God, here's my tithes, here's my offerings, here's my service, here's my time, here's my material. Anything that I do, anything you do for someone, you need to give it to God. You need to say, here, God, I've done this for you. Praise God. And then let that be a reward. Because you see, rewards that are put up in time grow interest. But rewards that are received right now, praise God, then you get what you have right there. But if you lay your reward up in heaven, 
God is a good man, and he pays interest. And I'm telling you, his interest is great. You can never get interest on this earth like you can for the interest that's in heaven. And so if you want that reward, then you put it up there, and you lay that before the Lord. So, praise God. You've seen people that have done things to be seen. There are people that will only do things that are seen. And so you learn if you do it for them so that they can be seen. When, uh, the, 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 when the Pharisees would travel, praise God, and they would drop a coin into the uh, beggar's cup, he would shake that cup. Sometimes he would play some kind of thing, sh- rattle, the noisiest, the loudest, because he knew that they wanted to be noticed in their giving. And so they would come along and they would drop it in the cup. And he would make a whole bunch of noise. And they would find him and drop it in his cup. Because they wanted everybody on the street to know that they gave to that guy. Praise God. Or that lady. Whichever. And so that would be their reward. Jesus says, you got your reward. Praise the Lord. But he goes on in verse 19 to say, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Where moth does rust and corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there is where your heart is. Praise God. Whatever you desire. Now I can say different things. Brother Mike Wood was talking about church and And then he was talking about food, and everybody kind of piped up about food. I remember when Brother and Sister Smith had their, praise God, had their rest home service. And uh, uh, we would go, we would sing, we would do music, and uh, they would all sit in their uh, wheelchairs, and they would go to sleep. And a lot of them went to sleep while we were doing the music, and Everything else, Richard said to me one day, he said, watch this. And so he started to play a tune from Johnny Cash. And when he started to play that tune from Johnny Cash, man, I'm telling you what, they made them wheelchairs dance, praise God. They like that. They come alive. I mean, he could do it like Johnny did, and they just really come alive. Praise God. So where your treasure is, there is where your heart is. Praise God. It excites you. Amen. But there are some characteristics that I want to talk to you about prayer. Amen. And one of them is there must be a relationship. If you're really going to have a good prayer, you've got to have a good relationship. You can't go to God like you would go to some person on the corner. And talk to them that you don't know nothing about. Praise God. But you have to have the kind of relationship with God. That you know Him. You have a relationship with Him. You've got a past with Him. When you talk to Him, you talk in comfort. Praise God. Notice that when Jesus said, Amen, pray to thy Father. He did not say, Amen, pray to the Father. He did not say, praise God, pray to your father. He said, pray to thy father. When you go to thy father, your father, 
but not only your father, but other fathers. We need to go to the Lord in prayer. And we need to pray not just for ourselves, but we need to pray for others. A more stronger prayer is when you beat on the door like the guy that needed bread for the man that came to town that night. And you're beating on that door. I'm praying. You know, it's e- I don't know about you, but it's easier for me to promote somebody else than to promote myself. Praise God. If I have a cause and somebody else is the main leader, it is easier for me to promote them and the cause than it is if I am in the main seat and I am the leader of the cause. Praise God. And when you go to God... And you go for somebody else. Lord, I'm here. So when you pray for me and I pray for you, it is a stronger prayer for both of us. Amen. And they, they've said many of times, praise the Lord, if you're being attacked, it's always good to have somebody else to stand in to defend you. Have people around you that will stand in and defend you. And so when you defend your friend, and your friend defends you. So when we go to the Father, Jesus says we need to say amen unto him. Praise God. We need to pray thy Father. Amen. It makes it clear, amen, that we have the privilege to come to God and know God. I have to tell you a story. It's funny. Praise God. Now, my children, my children all knew that Daddy was behind them. Don't get me wrong. Amen. Because I was, I was there. I don't feel guilty about, amen, my children in the church. But one time we were sitting at dinner, and a lot of the church people were sitting around. And uh, uh, finally, one of my kids said to me, Brother White. And I looked at them, and I said to them, I said, wait a minute. I said, praise the Lord. I am not Brother White. I am Daddy. Don't call me Brother White. And they just looked at me and said, yes, but I'm not getting your attention with Daddy right now. Praise God. Amen. It was in Wellsville in a restaurant. I laughed. Praise God. I said, okay, now you have my attention. What do you want? Praise God. But, amen, when we go to the Lord and we say, our Father, amen, we have his attention. Because we are his children. Amen. And when we say our father, when we have that relationship with God, praise the Lord. You know, this is a good lesson for life. Amen. Every one of us has the relationship with the people we have the relationship by the way we have that relationship with them. I hope you followed that through. Every one of us has a relationship. Our relationship with others are the relationship that you have. You might say, well, all my children are not as close to me in a certain way. And that is because they all have a different relationship with you because of the way that they relate with you. Praise God. Amen. Uh, some of my children I get a call from three or four times a day. Some of my children I get a call from two or three times a week. Some of my children I get a call from two or three times a year. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Praise God. Praise the Lord. But we have that relationship. I love all my children. And that's the same way with our relationship with God. You look at somebody that has a great relationship and a great prayer life with God, 
amen, and you think, they have that, I'll never uh, get that. Well, they have that because they pray a lot, or they spend time with God a lot, or they read his word a lot. So we have the relationship with God that we put forth to have. And so, praise God. But along with that relationship, there must be a reverence when you come to God. Praise God. Who is this wonderful Father whom I know, praise God, as a loving Father? Now, my children, amen, weren't afraid of me, but they respected me. I, did, I was not afraid of my dad. I could go to my dad with anything and talk to my dad. But there were times I overstepped that, and I got the punishment I, it was due. Praise God. And I learned to respect him. We can go to the Lord. We don't have to be fearful of God, but we can respect God when we go to him in prayer. There's a reverence there. Praise God. And there must be a reality in our prayer. The prayer of the heart is the heart of prayer. Praise God. The prayer of the heart is the heart of prayer, Matthew 6 and 5. Amen. We must respect God when we go to him in prayer. We cannot go to him with a pretense. There can't be any, any fakery in the way we go to God. I mean, I, I, when I pray to God, I just tell God, God, you know my situation. You know, my, you know what I'm struggling with. You know my faults. You know my failures. You know my sins today. God, they're just right here in front of me. Praise God. You know them all. You know I'm trying, Lord, and I need your help. You know the situation. You know the package I'm in. And so you need to go to God with an open heart and an open life. Praise God. I don't believe as Christians we ought to live two different lives. I don't believe that we ought to be dishonest about anything. Amen. We need to be open and honest and, and pure before the Lord because he already knows. It's like Dennis the Menace said. He looked up in one of his comic strips and he said, Lord, I can't lie to you. You know what I did today. Praise God. And so we've got to go to the Lord in true honesty. And there's always a reward for praying. Amen. Every prayer you pray, there's a reward for it. Just make sure you don't cash it out here on this earth. Amen. And that reward. Amen. But in the case of the Pharisees, it says they received their reward straightway. But as a Christian, amen, we are to pray and allowed God to give us, amen, that. Now, the question comes, which is the best position to pray? Standing up, kneeling down, on the floor. And the best way I can tell this is to tell you a little, a little uh, story. Three preachers were, were sitting at a restaurant for breakfast. And they got into the discourse about which is the best way to pray. The first preacher says that the best way to pray is to stand up and put your hands as close to heaven as you can get them and call out to God. And the second preacher said, no, no. He said, this, the best way to pray is on your knees submitted before God and, 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 and in a submission mode. And the third preacher said, no, the best way to pray is to be prostrate on the floor as low as you can go so God can bless you. And the gentleman next door leaned over and he said, reverends, he said, I don't want to interrupt your situation and I don't want to take authority in what you're saying. But he said, I'm going to have you to know something. He said, the best way to pray is when you are hanging 
off of the pole some 40 feet in the air with your lifeline waiting for someone to come and rescue you. The best way to pray is in a prayer of need. Doesn't matter if you're on the floor. It doesn't matter if you're standing up. It doesn't matter, praise God, if you're on your knees. The best way to pray is the condition of your heart. It's not the condition of your body. It's the condition of your heart. Where is your heart when you are praying? Lord, I need you. Praise God. But the Lord does not tell us when to pray. You know, uh, the Muslims get into trouble with this because they have a morning prayer, a noon prayer, and an evening prayer. And certain of the uh, Bible characters have a morning prayer, an afternoon prayer, and an evening prayer. And if that's the prayer you want, that is fine. But the thing that you've got to realize is it cannot become a ritual. Praise God. Because the moment it becomes a ritual... Can you just see me? This is going to be fun. Can you see me? Hey, hon, it's time for your morning kiss. Hey, hon, it's time for your afternoon kiss. Hey, hon, it's time for your evening kiss. Where'd she go? She ain't nowhere around here. Ritual. You understand what I'm saying? Praise God. God wants us to pray to him anytime, all the time. Praise God. And the Bible doesn't tell us How often to pray. You know, I thought something the other day. I never heard this, but I think it's pretty good. Anybody in here talk to yourselves? Do you you talk to yourselves? I got that little earpiece one time, and it was before earpieces come out. I had a little earpiece in, and when I was working, praise God, somebody would go by, and I'd just be talking away. And they look at me like, do you talk? Are you talking to yourself? I mean, this wasn't just normal talking to myself. This was really having a great conversation. And I would look at them and I'd say, you're just jealous because the voices ain't talking to you. They walked a little faster. But do you all ever talk to yourself? Praise God. Some of you are shaking your head, yes. Some of you smiling, which gives it away, Yes. Praise God. You talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Let me ask you something. Do you talk to yourself more than you talk to God? I, I, I think maybe we do. But do you talk to yourself more than you talk to God? Do you think talking to yourself is taking away f- or was really meant for you to be talking to God? And now, instead of talking to God, you talk to yourself. What am I going to do? Instead of saying to God, what are we going to do? I just thought about that the other day. We talk. Talk to ourselves. Amen. We talk to ourselves. The Bible does not say, in, uh, in, um, sorry, the Bible doesn't say anything about it, but in First Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. Just like you talk to yourself a lot. Just like you think a lot. Pray a lot. Okay, Lord, what do you think? Okay, Lord, what's going on? Praise the Lord. Amen. How many friends do you have that anytime you see their name on your cell phone, you know they want something? Oh, that's Bob. 
he wants something. He'll call you and he'll say, hey, I just was wondering how your kids are doing. Oh, they're doing good. And by the way, I know that you know a lot of people and you, you, you know, and they flatter you up a little bit and they're like, uh, I started this new business and can you help me get it off its feet? Or, you know, I know you, they are just any time they call, you know they want something. Praise God. And you just know it, they want something. I had a guy one time, he called me, every time he got drunk, he called me at three in the morning. Bob was his, Robert was his name, Robert. Robert, and he called me three in the morning. And during the daytime, he would not talk to me about God or anything. But he got drunk at three o'clock, and he wanted to talk about God. And one morning, I got up. That's when we had the old phones. I got up at three in the morning. I was exhausted from church and work and trying to get the church on its feet. I picked up the phone, and my flesh answered before my spirit kicked in. Because I said, Robert, do you know what time of the morning it is? Click. But you have those people that they only call you when they need something. They only call you when they're in trouble. They're only, if you want some friends, praise God, just teach them that you'll lend them money anytime they need it. They'll be your friend. They, it's just there. And I wonder how many times God says, well, they need something. You know, they don't call me, God says, when they want advice on do something, they will call me when they want me to get them out of trouble. And you need to call him when you need to get out of trouble. That's not the problem. But why don't you call him and ask him or pray and ask him about the advice before you do it? Praise God. Because we can't live on circumstances. We learned that on third Wednesday night. Praise God. Verse 6 says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And the Father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. In their day many of the houses had a rooftop, and they had places up there to pray, hidden places, where you could go up to the housetop. You can read about it in the book of Acts, and etc. Praise God. In America's history, in the most difficult and embarrassing time of the American Revolutionary, Washington was seen to retire in a grove in the vicinity of the camp at Valley Forge. Curiosity led a man to follow him one day and observe him. The father of this country was seen on his knees with God of host in prayer. Who can tell how much the liberty of our nation is owned to the answers of the secrets that God gave him while he was in prayer? Praise God. You know, we need to pray. Jesus suffered so that he could help us in temptation. Hebrews 2 and 18 says, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Praise God. You see, amen, when we go to him in prayer, if I want to know how to do something, I go to somebody that done it. I go to the expert. How did you do that? How did you overcome? 
If we want to know how to overcome in this flesh, we can go to Jesus and say, how did you overcome? Praise God. Help me with my overcoming. Amen. We need to pray when the Spirit prompts us to pray. Verse 7 says, but when ye pray, ye use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Praise God. There it goes back to the fact that what they're doing is to be seen and not what they're doing is to be heard. When we continually do something over and 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 over, some of you have just shut me out. It kind of just gets to where that's all it is. Sometimes when we sing songs in song service, you'll be singing that song. Praise God. You'll be getting the words right, but you'll be thinking about something else you got to do. Because you are not connected with that. God wants you to be connected when you pray with Him. You know, I, sometimes when I'm listening to the Bible, and I'm not really hearing the Bible, I'll shut it off and do something else. Because when I'm, lis- when I'm listening to the Bible, I want to be thinking about the Bible. Praise God. And when you are praying... You want to be tuned in to what you're saying to God. Praise God. You want to be there. And that's what the Bible says. When you pray, be there. Just don't pray and say things to God. Because, I mean, if you just talk to me and talk to me and talk to me. Praise the Lord. I I forget which one of the grandkids it was. Praise the Lord. But they would spout out something and I couldn't quite understand them. And I would say to them, okay, all right, yeah, that's right. And they would look at me and they would say, praise God. They would say to me, no. And they would make sure, because they knew I was just putting them off. Praise God. And they'd say, no, I'm telling you, amen. I do have to tell you this, amen. And, And it's not part of the lesson, but it's so cute. I have to tell you. Amen. Uh, Gavin said to Reagan, Gavin's eight, around eight, seven, and then Ra- and, and, uh, Reagan is five, six. Okay, eight and uh, let's say eight and six, close enough. But it gives you their age. They're riding to school, George says. And Gavin says to Reagan, he said, Look, I'm older. He said, There's nothing you can do in life to be older than me. And Reagan looks over at Gavin and she says, that's fine. She says, I'll have you know that since you're the oldest, you're going to get sick and die before me. And don't think I'm going to take care of you. Praise God. And Gavin just sat there real quiet all the rest of the way to school. (laughs) I told George, I said, that girl's going to take care of herself at six years old. Praise God. Amen. I thought you'd enjoy that. Sorry for the breaking in the middle of the lesson, but praise God. Amen. Somehow I'm going to have to figure out how to get that in my lesson to make it good. But anyways, amen. Praise God. When we pray, we really need to be open to the Lord, and we not need just to talk to God. Praise God. James 5 and 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we need to study how to pray. Now, some people go to the Bible and they take the prayer of Jafar. Or not, no, I better not. Prayer of Jaf- 
Japheth. Okay, too many, too many grandkids and watching. Japheth, whatever that is, you know what it is. Praise God. The prayer of this one, the prayer of that one, and it got them what they wanted. You, you, you can't mold a prayer. That prayer was from their heart. They were sincere about that prayer, and they wanted God to, to do that. You can't use that kind of prayer. The Lord's prayer here, our Father which art in heaven, he, he's not expecting you to repeat that prayer. He's giving you a form of the prayer. Praise God. How to come to God. And you need to study. If you want your prayers answered, if you want to be able to talk to God, if you want wisdom in, in life, and I'm telling you, I would not want to go through life without prayer, praise God, then you need to study prayers and say, this prayer works better, this style of prayer works good. But one of the things is you need to come to the Lord in faith. James talks about it. He says you ask wavering. Amen. So one of the prayer is, one of the ways... Uh, is to be a prayer of faith. Praise God. When you go to God in prayer, you're not going to God to inform God of anything. God already knows what you're going to God for. God, the God of your needs, you don't go to God with informing him of your needs because he already knows them. Amen. But what you do is you open your will up to God, amen, for him to work in your life. God won't override your will. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to do everything that you need to do. But he said, if you obey me, amen, and you, uh, you, know, you live the way that I want you to live. Adam and Eve says, we want to do what we want to do. We're going to eat of the forbidden fruit. So God says, okay, I'm going to expel you from the garden, and now you're on your own. We are on our own as a human race. We wonder why there are, is so much murders and everything else. It's basically because God has let us be on our own. He is teaching us, hey, man, if you want control, you're going to take responsibility. Praise God. So this is the responsibility. Uh, all of the mean stuff that happens in the world today, praise God, isn't amen because of God. It's because we are dealing with our responsibility. Now, an individual situation that you're dealing with isn't specifically because of your sin, but it is the, because of the sin of all humanity. Okay? Um, and so... You can't say, well, this sin that's coming upon me, maybe it's because of something I've done. You can't say that, but it's because of the sin of humanity that's everywhere. Praise God. We've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. I've known good people that have died young. I've known bad people that have lived long. Praise God. And so, hey man, you cannot say it's because of a specific sin. But when we go to God, we need to go to him in prayer, praise the Lord, and we need to understand that God is in control. We need to do it in faith. Our prayer needs to be in faith. And we're not informing God, but we're opening our will up to God. Okay, God, uh, I'm going to come, amen, to you, and I'm opening up my will. I need to correspond with you, as Jesus said, let my will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Praise God. The starting of our prayer is our Father. Our prayer needs to be 
not only about me, but it needs to be about everyone else. Verse 9 says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. See, there's the will. God, whatever your will is, the kingdom come. I like this statement I wrote. It said, we need to find the will of God before we can pray the will of God. God, what is your will? What is your will? You know, men of God that seems like they know the future are not really predicting the future. They just know the will of God, and so they know it's going to happen. Praise God. We need to pray, Lord, what is your will? In the sickness, in the, whatever the case may be, Lord, what is your will? And then when we find out the will of God, pray the will of God. And the best way to know the will of God is to not have a will. Verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. Today. All I need today is today's bread, Lord. I need it physically. I need it spiritually. I'm not asking for tomorrow. I'm not asking for the future. I'm trusting you for that. But give us this day our daily bread. Just like the man that was handed out every day, except for maybe Saturday. It was for Saturday and Sunday. But they never gave it for Monday. But every day, Lord, and, 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 and the Lord does that to us because he wants us to, amen, depend on him. Now, let me just tell you something. It is not wrong to lay stuff back for the future. But I'm going to tell you what that can do to you. You've got to be aware that you don't put stock in what you've put back and think that's going to take care of you because it may not take care of you. You still need to depend on God tomorrow, even though you got what you think is in your cabinets that's going to take care of you tomorrow. Give us this day our daily bread. Our life comes... To, oh, I thought of this the other day. It was really good. Do you realize that our life, everybody's life comes from the ground? We're all taken care of by the ground. It is the ground that produces the fruit. I was going by a farmer's market the other day, and I thought, man, they all make their living out of the ground. Cows come from the ground. Everything comes from the ground. We all come from the ground. We think we're the ones that's doing it. We think that we're the ones that's getting our lives together. We think that we're the ones that's really providing for our family and our friends and everything else. But we don't realize it all comes from God. God is the one that's taking care of us. God is the one that's watching over us. When you understand society in the periods of times, you understand, praise God, that we're living in America and we're very well blessed. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to eat after church today because I've got a variety of things to go to. But there are times in life when people were scrumbling for just anything to eat. Why am I so blessed now and they're not? Other than it is in the mind of God to allow it to be like that way. God is the one. Think about it. How can some societies do so well and some do so not well? Other than it is the hand of God that feeds us every day. Praise God. He's not talking about just the spiritual word of God, but the physical also, physical and spiritual. Praise God. All we get comes from the hand of God. 
And the Bible says, verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. One cannot be in a room and out of the room at the same time. You've got to either be in a room or you've got to be out of the room. You cannot do it at the same time. One cannot be in forgiveness and out of forgiveness at the same time. For, let me just tell you this about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a proven of what's done. But when you start to understand this, that forgiveness is a release from prison in the fact that you are no longer tied to that situation. You've left it in the hands of God and you've moved on. And your actions are not going to be uh, determined on what they did. You're released. You're free. You're no longer bound to it. It's no longer controlling you. It's no longer haunting you. It's no longer taking your precious time, your precious effort, your precious energy. It's no longer doing that. That's what forgiveness does. You're not saying it's right. You're not saying they don't deserve some kind of punishment. You're just saying that I'm too busy and I've got a life to live to deal with what they did to me. And I, you ready for this one? And I'm trusting God in that scripture that says, all things work to the good of them that love God. And I've received this, and it can either destroy me. You know what? There was a bunch of elderly guys sitting at uh, Dunkin' Donuts while I was doing the windows. And you know that song, it says, what doesn't kill me, you make you stronger. There's old guys sitting there. They're old army guys. And I couldn't resist it. I walked over. I said, this song's a wrong song. And he said, what are you saying? I said, I said, it really needs to be singing. What doesn't kill me better run. <laughs> Amen. I thought you'd like that. What, kills, what doesn't kill me better run. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. But to release that. To say, that is no longer controlling me. I got a life to live. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to enjoy it abundantly. I know it happened to me, but that messed me then. But it's not messing me anymore. My strings are untouched, praise God. It is easier to forgive when you realize that you need to be forgiven. Praise God. I can forgive someone because I need to be forgiven. But Jesus is using the word debt here, which means more than just forgiving. Jesus is saying, amen, you owe me a debt. I don't have time to really get into it, but there's a, there's a, there's a logic on, amen, a God who not only takes the responsibility of the sins that you commit to him, but he takes the, on the responsibility of the sins that we commit to each other. He takes on that responsibility. But when you say to the Lord, you got a debt, we have a debt unto God. We have a debt unto God because he keeps us. He feeds us. Praise God. He protects us. He watches over us. We have a debt to him. He houses us. He gives us grace. He gives us family. 
Verse 13 says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, James 1 and 13 tells us, amen, that when you are tempted, you're not a tempted of God. That's talking about a temptation to fall into sin. God does not tempt anyone to fall into sin. So obviously, he is not talking about leading us into temptation when we're saying, Lord, don't lead us into temptation. But what this is talking about is it is talking about leading us into the trials, amen, that come against us, amen, to make us stronger. So trials can come against you, and they can do one of two things. They can destroy you, or they can make you stronger, praise God. Jesus had an example of this, amen, when the Lord uh, was uh, led into the wilderness. The Bible said that the Lord led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That was temptation. In Matthew chapter and verse uh, four, chapter four and verse one, praise God. When Jesus was at the near the cross and he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Amen. He prayed unto the Lord. He said, "Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me." So Jesus is saying that we can say, "Lord." Do not allow me to go through that trial, please. He gives us that opportunity to say, Lord, do not allow me to go through that trial. This is not talking about temptation as the temptation into sin because God does not do that. He does not tempt us. Amen. Although, in my mind, I'm thinking, praise God, that we can get to the place to where if we struggle with something, we can say, Lord, lead me in the path to where that will not tempt me. Lord, don't allow, amen, uh, you know, men, don't allow, Lord, a woman to come on to me that, 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 that I, I don't want. Lord, don't allow me to go down the path of, of alcohol that I struggle with. Lord, do not allow me to go down the path of anger, praise God, so that I'll lose my temper. Lord, do not allow me to go down the path Amen. That will put me in a position that I will want to lie. Do not allow me to tempt me in that form. Praise God. Keep me from it. Amen. Keep my life from it. Praise the Lord. Because, you see, my life is in my control. If I'm walking into a bar and I am sitting down to get a meal and I struggle with alcoholism, I am not doing a good thing. I am putting things in my way that can lead me into temptation. And the thing of it is, this is really good. I got just three more minutes. This is really good. Amen. There was a, a prophet or king one time, amen, who Abraham lied to. And Abraham lied to him about his wife being his sister. And the king, amen, took her in and he whined and he dined her and he really blessed Abraham because he was her brother and etc. And he realized, and God got a hold of that king and told him, he said, hey, look, that is his wife. And the king, who was more righteous and more honest than Abraham, called him up and said to him, he said, hey, man, you lied to me. And he told God, he said, what is it, God? He said, I'm more righteous than this man. He said, and God said, I know that. He said, that's why I kept your hand. You see, you can live a life and do your best to be holy and righteous and everything before God. Amen. And God will protect your back. Praise God. 
He will protect your back. If you live the life where you're honest and upfront and you're fair and you love everyone and you take care of them, He will protect your back in the things that you don't understand, the things you're about to step into that's going to get yourself into trouble. And that's where I think that comes in. Lead me not into temptation. Don't lead me into a situation that I know nothing about. And then at the ending, he says, For thine is, first of all, the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Lord, this is your kingdom. Lord, you've got all the power. And Lord, you deserve all the glory. And I think if we go to him in that prayer like that, Lord, this is your kingdom. Whatever you want, I accept. I'm not questioning. Lord, this is your power. You've got all the power to do. You never make a mistake. You never go wrong. And Lord, at the end, I think you need to get all the glory for everything that comes. But I think if we come to the Lord in prayer, practice prayer. Practice what's good prayer. Read your Bible. Learn what was the... You know, once again, the Lord's Prayer is not a... Um, is not a prayer that we need to pray, but it is an example of the Lord. When you come to God, you've got to come to Him as Father. You've got to ask God to forgive you of your sins. You've got to be clean. You want God to answer your prayers? You've got to be clean. The Bible said He'll forgive your debts if you forgive your debtors. Praise God, you can't be in the room and out of the room at the same time. You've got to be either one or the other. Praise God. And then, amen, you just go on down through the prayer. Let's all stand. Six o'clock tonight is prayer. Amen. And uh, 6.30 is service, and I'm excited, amen, about what the Lord is going to do. Praise God. Isn't the Lord good? Lord, we love you and praise you, Jesus, for your presence and your spirit. God, asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move and to be with us. Lord, let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. And God, we're going to give you all the praise and glory, honor, in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?